The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. thought about why people act the way they do? Why are some people more difficult to deal with while others are always pleasant? Let's find out together. Welcome to Human Behavior. What a trip. Your host is Dr. Jonathan Brower. Our program combines expert guests with people just like you who have questions or comments. We'll have fun exploring human behavior. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jonathan Brower. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Jonathan Brower. My show is called Human Behavior, What a Trip. And we're going to have a lovely trip today with uh, a wonderful lady. Her name is Gloria Loring, and she's an actress, a songwriter, a singer, and among other things, she's very involved in diabetes for children and, and others. And uh, Gloria, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yes. So you have a wonderful book out. It's called... The title of the book is Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous. And then the subtitle is Reflections on Daytime Dramas and Divine Intervention. So uh, in your book, which I've looked at, you uh, talk about your growing up in your family, mm-hmm. its pros and cons, and can you uh, tell us all some of what your pros and cons were and how it was for you being in the family you were in? Well, first of all, the title of my book, Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous, is a quote by Albert Einstein. And when I finally found that out, because I've known about this quote for about 30 years, um, I was fascinated at the intersection of scientific observation and then spiritual understanding. And I think when we look at our families and our upbringing. We can use both of those aspects. I mean, there are certain things that happened. It's sort of observation. Yes, this happened. For me, my dad was an alcoholic. There was at least one occasion of inappropriate sexualized contact with my father. That had a profound effect on me. At the same time, um, there was music in the home. I was encouraged to be who I wanted to be. I was encouraged to sing. There were no shoulds or have-tos. So I was free to explore who I wanted to be. At the same time, there was a certain amount of um, mindlessness, carelessness around raising children because there was this um, dysfunction of my father's alcoholism getting in the way of the parents being all they could be for us. And so I took this into my adult life, and it was a series of, a long series of coincidences that led me to understand how that early upbringing had impacted me, and also how I could let it go. Yes. So when you say coincidences, um, 
do you consider them coincidences or do you consider them um, things about which you had some knowledge of? Maybe it wasn't really clear or crystal clear at, at first, but that it was with you all along. When I use the word coincidence, I used to use the word coincidence. Let me start there. Okay. Saying, oh, well, that was a weird coincidence, and I kind of tossed it off. Because yes. I didn't have a framework of understanding in which to approach it. Uh-huh. And as I started to understand that a coincidence is a coinciding of meaningful events. Now, if they're meaningful for me, then that means um, I've got a little, I've got like a little Velcro for that issue, you know. Um, yes. If someone came in the room right now and said, oh, Gloria, you're so stupid. I would say, uh, there are some things I am, but I'm not stupid. I have no Velcro for the word stupid. Yes. Right, but if somebody came in the word here and said, you know, you don't always try as hard as you could, and you know, you've wasted a lot of time in your life just hanging out, or you know, there are certain things I would say, okay, most of them I've healed, and I would be able to say, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe one or two, somebody would come in and spark an issue for me that would bring some grief or some tears to my eyes. You see, and there's the coincidence when it's a meaningful occurrence for you. It may have a message. My friend Shirley, who wrote me these letters when I was going through my divorce, a stranger who in Nebraska was given a message that she had to send letters of comfort to this girl, lady named Gloria. And uh-huh. she said, I don't know anybody. This is a voice in her head. And yes. to her, it's God because she's a woman of faith. And so she started sending me these letters. I mean, she didn't know what I was going through. But you see, when we have something going on, you could say we radiate that energy, that resonance, out into the world. We are a participant in what comes to us. If you have a lot of angry people in your life, one of two things may be happening. You may believe that you are supposed to have angry people, or you may have unresolved anger that is attracting in kind. Yes, I have a question. When your friend Shirley, who you didn't know she was your friend at first, when this woman Shirley was writing you, how did she even know you existed? Well, um, it's an incredible story. It's in chapter four. And I think it's the one story that as many, as, as much or more than anything else prompted me to write this book because it is such a miraculous occurrence. Um, it was 1984. I had decided quite privately that I needed to separate from my husband, Alan Sick, you know, the writer and actor. Yes. And, and I, I knew in my heart that it was almost certainly moving toward divorce. But at first I just secretly told him. We had a private conversation. I didn't tell anyone else in the world. Within a couple of weeks, these letters started arriving. Now, they arrived from a woman named Shirley in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska. I had met Shirley very briefly at a book signing when I was in Lincoln at the mall. I and I was at a bookstore and I was signing books. And she came up and she brought her children with her. And she talked to me about my son's diabetes. And she gave me this lovely letter of comfort and encouragement because her daughter had epilepsy. Uh-huh. And so months, months later, I tell Alan secretly, I need to have a separation. I need to some time to think about how I can go forward or what I'm going to do about us. Within a couple of weeks, these letters start arriving. And Shirley said, I know when I met and talked with you briefly, I told you I would pray for you and your son, and I want you to know I'm getting messages for you. 
and I hope you don't mind. I hope it's not presumptuous, but I've included the message I've get, I'm getting. And I opened the second page of the letter, and it's addressed to my daughter. And it starts out, do not be afraid. I've set you on a new path. You will not go alone. I will be with you every step of the way. You may think that things are falling apart, but they're not. I was devastated at the idea of losing, losing my marriage. But something stronger in me. Ooh, one second, I have a cough. That's okay. <coughs> Sorry, I'm getting over the flu. I know. You're entitled to be getting over the flu. That's cough whenever you need to. Okay, thanks. Sure. Anyway, this letter went on. Well, it, talk about some Velcro. I didn't realize how bereft and alone I felt in my life. Uh-huh. And one second, I gotta have a sip of water, sorry. That's okay. <clears throat> okay, I'm okay. going towards your head. Um, anyway, these letters arrived. I mean, the first one brought me to my knees, sobbing. Because now, these, these letters were from Shirley to you or Shirley to your daughter? Shirley, no. Shirley to me. She okay. Said, as she was including me in her prayers. Yes. Okay. Now, 14 years later, the letters arrived for two and a half years. Uh-huh. Exactly the amount of time that it took for my divorce to become final. And then they stopped coming. They would come about every two months. And every time this, a letter came, it seemed to address exactly what I needed at that moment. As if someone was privy to my most private thoughts and feelings. And at the time, I put the letters aside. And I thought, well, this is a woman of enormous faith. And I didn't have that at that time. And, and during this time, were you responding to her letters or not? No, no, never. Really? Wow. I didn't write back. I didn't say a uh, thing, except I didn't write back any of my issues because I didn't yes. truly understand them and then, until the letters came and addressed them. Yes. I did write her one letter and say, thank you so much. Your letter really touched me, and I uh, appreciate it. And then she felt the courage to write more. I see. Okay? So now, so you thanked her after, these so letters you thanked her after the... Let me just be clear. So after the first letter, you thank her, and then she kept writing you these other letters... Yep. And, and, and for various reasons, they were meaningful for you. Always deeply meaningful. Deeply yes. meaningful in ways that no one has ever addressed. Yes, and I'd like to ask you another question. With my most private issues. Yeah, but um, I also get the idea, or I have this, I, I assume, that when she wrote, wrote to you, she was writing to you in a very caring, loving way. Is and remember, accurate? they were always addressed to my daughter, and she called them letters from God. Uh-huh. Now, 14 years later, I started to write down these stories of coincidence that had happened to me. Uh-huh. And it suddenly dawned on me, you know how we suddenly come to consciousness. I realized yes. that I had never asked Shirley, wait a second, how did you start to write to me? How did you even think of this in the first place? Exactly, and, how did you know you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, she recounted this story to me. She was on her way to Bible study class, and as she was driving, she said, I felt like I stepped out of time, and a voice said to me inside my head, you must tell Gloria that I love her, and everything will be all right. 
and she said, I started, she, she prays, and she's used to, she's very deep prayer practice. <clears throat> and uh-huh. she's used to hearing from what she understands to be God. Yeah. And she starts arguing with the voice. She says, look, I don't know anybody named Gloria, except that woman asked- on Days of Our Lives, and where in the world am I going to see her? And she's going to think I'm a Looney Tune. So she starts arguing, and the voice says, wait and see. And that night she I goes see- to Bible study class. Yeah. And they're having, they do their study, and then they always had a private, a quiet time where they would sit in silence, and if someone felt prompted to share something, they would. Uh-huh. And as they're sitting there, one of the women suddenly pipes up and says, I don't know why, but I'm being prompted to let you know that I just read this morning that Gloria Loring from Days of Our Lives is coming to the mall to do a book signing. I see. So... <clears throat> Here is this voice in my friend's head, who's now my friend, this stranger's head. The only person I know is Gloria Loring. Where in the world am I going to meet her? And at Bible study class, a third person says, oh, yeah, she's coming to the mall. And that's how she wound up in front of me and gave me this first letter saying, I know about your son's diabetes. I'm so sorry. I really understand. Just know that you're not alone. She wrote me this letter of just enormous comfort and understanding about what it means to raise a child with chronic illness. And then a couple months later, these letters with very personal messages for me start arriving. And every one of them was so deeply meaningful that to this day I have saved all of them. They are downstairs. And even now, as I read them, tears come to my eyes. So this Uh really is the story that prompted me to write this book. Because the intersection of, you know, divine intervention... And my own daytime drama, daytime, nighttime drama of leaving my marriage and feeling so bereft, that's where they came together. I think it's time for us to have our first commercial break. So we'll take that now and come back. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Legal Shield. Total Access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. 
If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to human behavior, what a trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. I'm with my guest, Gloria Loring. And we're talking about her book called Coincidences. Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. So, Gloria, before the uh, intermission, you were talking about uh, how uh, your friend Shirley found you at this uh, book signing somewhere in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And then you continued having contact with her afterwards? Well, she had contact with me, as I said. She yes. started... Uh you know, it's, it's, it's all the idea of this coinciding of meaningful events. When, when something is, you know, she might have sent those letters, although she certainly wouldn't have heard that voice in her head saying, yes. you have to tell Gloria, you know, not to worry if everything's going to be all right. Um, <clears throat> the point is that what we need in this world, what we need to know and what we need to grow beyond any in limitations we may feel about our life is available to us at all times. There is comfort. There is patience. There is inspiration. There is, um, uh, uh, what else? Uh, you know, all, all the goods love. There is, is uh, uh, compassion. What we need to do is be a participant in our life. When we reach out, when we ask for help, when we seek help, and sometimes the asking for help is just looking up in the sky and saying, help, you know, yes. just throwing it out to the winds, the four winds if you want. Yes. When we are a participant in our life, yes. looking for what we need, we will most likely find it. And therein lies the brilliance of coincidences, God's way of remaining anonymous. Because the magnificent power, presence, and, and creativity that manifested our bodies, nature, this world, this universe, a billion more universes, is always working in evolution. It's always changing and growing and creating new things. Our cells replicate themselves. We replace our skin every so many days or weeks or whatever it is. Yes. I mean, everything is always changing. Yes. So uh, when you made the statement, what we need to know and grow, uh, a lot of people aren't paying attention to what they need to know and grow. Yeah, well, yeah. sometimes, you know, it's sort of like... Um, a lot, of, a lot of issues. I think it's Marcel Proust said, very often we don't, um, we don't take the time to, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, uh, okay. we yeah. don't take the time to, to learn something until life has become so painful that there's no other way. 
Yes, and, I go, you know, it's I almost like that. an alcoholic, you know. They yes. go and they go and finally they, they think, I can handle this, I can do this by myself, I'm cool, I got it handled, nobody knows, whatever they're thinking. And then they get to the very bottom rung of the ladder and they realize, oh, I am out of options. And very often that happens in, in subtler ways for us. Yes. Um, we keep seeing ourselves, or we start to become aware that we are attracting and engaging in certain kinds of behaviors or relationships that are detrimental to us. It's like a, um, a, a woman who has abusive relationships, or exactly. just not good relationships. I have a niece who um, <laughs> had a whole series of what she calls lousy boyfriends. She finally sought counseling for it. And the therapist very wisely said, asked her, well, what is it that all your lousy boyfriends have in common? And, and she, my and niece she, finally she, and... said, oh, me. She said, yes, why are you choosing lousy, lousy boyfriends? Well, hello, get, to the, get down to the root of that. She, was grow, she grew up in a household where both her parents were alcoholics, where they were constantly not available, frustrating her, disappointing her, actually betraying her trust in many ways. So she grew up thinking this was normal. So yes. that was her vibration. She kept sending that out to people around her, and she kept bringing into her life what was her normal until it got so painful that she could see it. Yes. She, could, she was starting to pay attention because it got so painful. I said, what, another one? This guy seemed so fabulous. And then we have a date, and he doesn't show up, and he doesn't call, and yes. he says he's going to take my son to something, and he doesn't, and I'm just so tired of this, i got to figure this out. Yes. She thought she could deal with it earlier. And then coincidence, and again, coincidence, the coinciding of meaningful events. We are a participant in what we bring into our lives. That's true. So for a moment, going back to your family of origin um, with your mom and your dad, what was your mom like and how was she healthy for you and not healthy for you? Um, my mom had some great qualities. She was so friendly. Um, she was a little chaotic and uh, difficult at times. Um Chaotic meaning very anxious or uh, anxious, yeah, and some nervousness, um, yeah. ragey at times. Um, yes. She gave me some great qualities. Uh -huh. um, I think I am the fulfillment of her dream to be a singer. She yes. gave up singing when uh, she was uh, a young woman when she first got pregnant with me. Because if you, you know, you were pregnant, you didn't go on to have a career back then, or that was the basic wisdom. Yes. Um, and I was born and had this talent from the time I was what, two and a half, three, I could stand in front of the TV and sing along with people. So, you know, here I was, the next generation. Um, she was so friendly. She would, um, she'd get in, she was at the end, toward the end of her life. She'd be on a gurney, uh -huh. and they'd put her in the hospital elevator, and by the time she, they got, rolled her off the hospital elevator, she was friends with everybody in the hospital elevator. <laughs> she just loved people, uh -huh. and, and I got that from her. My dad was brilliant. He was always studying, he was always learning, he was always morphing himself to the next thing he was going to do. He had Parkinson's for 25 years at the end, and he was constantly adapting his environment. He, he lived his life to the best of his ability right to the end of his days. Uh -huh. And <clears throat> so I got these great qualities from both of them. 
yes. unfortunately, earlier in their lives. There was a lot of chaos, and, uh, it, you know, not all the time. No, we had good times. We had great family times. We had sing-alongs in the car, you know. Um, nobody yeah, it's not was... always great. It's not always bad. It's, it's, it's a combination of both, yeah. Pardon me? It's a combination of both, the good parts and the bad parts. Absolutely. See, yes. And the, the, the difficult parts, I call the angels of adversity. Because I was brought up in an alcoholic home, I had a stronger impulse to overcome not being seen and heard, not feeling powerful. I wanted to be valued. I wanted to feel valuable. So it wasn't just that singing was something I liked to do. Singing was my way to feel good about myself. So because of that, I was striving maybe harder, with more passion than some people might. Oh, yeah, I like to sing, you know, all kind of thing. No, no, no. I, by the time I was 18, I was self-supporting. Yes. So, so at what age were you beginning to feel valuable with your ability to sing? Oh, you know, that's, a, that's I mean, I, uh, from the time I was little, uh-huh. when I sang, I, I felt valuable because people would notice and they would applaud. So, you know, it's like children who get noticed when they do bad behavior. The more, the more you notice, whatever you notice, they'll keep doing. Uh-huh. They want to be noticed. And, and for me, it was when I sang. So absolutely, right from the beginning. And that helped you to uh, do well in life in, in various ways. Absolutely. And again, you know, we're a participant in our life. And whatever is going on, we can change it at any time. And that's something I've seen, and I, I, I recount all through my book, is how something new would come. And, and I wanted to be out of pain. I remember at one point, I was in such emotional turmoil and suffering inside, and I just, I, I cried out and I said, I want to understand what this is. And then I was led to a series of coincidences, series of unfoldings, both intuitive, because intuition is the inner form of coincidence, because it's meaningful and it's an event that happens, and it can lead us somewhere to what we need to know or what we need to grow. Yes. And so I saw that, again, looking back, hindsight is fabulous. I saw the way, when I looked back, my life had unfolded, and I could see this great benevolence helping me to the next thing. I mean, you know, I started out just as a singer, then I studied acting for 10 years, <laughs> then got my first acting job. Then I was acting. Then my son was diagnosed with diabetes. I was on Days of Our Lives. I was able to create the Days of Our Lives Celebrity Cookbook through a series of coincidences that helped me raise a million dollars for diabetes research. That propelled me into being a publisher, into having a little record company for fundraising. I was taken to the next level all along the way to move more and more into what I could do in life instead of what I couldn't do. Okay, so I have a question to ask you. Um, if I recall correctly in your book, you, your son was diagnosed with diabetes when he was at the age of four, correct? Yes. And then at some point in the book, I forget when, um, you decided you were going to help him not have diabetes. Well, that happened within the first six months. And how did Brennan, that happen? Brennan, Brennan asked me, Mama, when will my shots be over? And I said to him, I don't know, honey. I couldn't say never, yes. which is the truth. Um, at yeah. this point, 
Um, sure. So I said, I don't know, honey, but I'm working on it. And I felt in that moment as if I had made a bit of a promise to him that I was actually going to be working on it. And we had joined, uh, my husband and I, Alan, had joined the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And Alan said about, because he was very much an initiator in life. He would initiate projects all the time. He was yes. a writer. I was a singer. I sang other people's songs. So I kind of um, took what life gave me and then tried to make good stuff out of it. Yes. But I decided that I wanted to be more active on Brennan's part. And I would watch for an opportunity. And that's when I was cast on Days of Our Lives. We had 10 million daily viewers. I noticed people were trading recipes. And I came up with this idea, ooh, I'll create a Days of Our Lives celebrity cookbook. Fast forward a year later, I had everything ready to go, the recipes, the autographs, pictures of all the actors, but I had no money to print the book. Okay, hold your thought. We're going to take a brief break. We'll come back and... Uh, continue on with what you were speaking about regarding okay. your son's diabetes. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. Legal Shield, total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading Conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. My guest today is Gloria Loring, and we're talking about 
her book, Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous. And Gloria, before the break, we were talking about how your son was diagnosed at age four with diabetes. And that was around the time you were starting with, with your show, Day of Our Lives. Was that a struggle for you to have to uh, juggle everything? Well, actually, I was right in the middle of a story. And I was telling you how I created the Days of Our Lives Celebrity Cookbook because we had 10 million viewers. Yes. And I had promised my son that I was working on something to end his shots. And I had everything ready to go a year later after the initial idea. But what happened was um, I didn't have the money. What was going on was I didn't have the money to pay for the printing. I needed $40,000 to print 50,000 copies of the book. Mm-hmm. And um, I came in Days of Our Lives on a Friday I put my bag down on the chair, I did my day's work, and at the end of the day, I picked up my bag, and underneath the bag was a little business card that said, Expect a Miracle. That was all it said. I have it framed in my office. And you had no idea who it was from? To this day, I do not know who put it there. Wow. Now, that night, I flew to Houston. The very next day, I played tennis all day long as a patron, and it was for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation for Diabetes Research. Uh-huh. That night there was a celebrity show. As I came down, I did my couple songs, came down off the stage. There was a man waiting at the bottom of the stairs. We start talking. He said, Gloria, do you remember me, this and that? And a little voice in my head says, tell him about the cookbook. And I finally got the nerve up to say, hey, I'm doing this cookbook to raise money for diabetes research. He said, yes, I know your son has diabetes. And we keep talking, and the voice again says, tell him about the cookbook. And I finally say, yeah, and I need... Um, I need money to print it. I'm all ready to go. We have 10 million viewers. And he said, well, how much do you need? And I said, gulp. <laughs> I need $40,000. And he yeah. said, well, hell, girl. He said, I'll give you 10. He said, come on, let's go out in the lobby. i got some friends here tonight, and this is Texas. Uh-huh. By the time that night ended, I had almost half the money I needed. After trying for a year to raise the money, within four weeks, I had the $40,000 I needed we printed the first 50,000 copies. We sold out. We printed a second 50,000. We sold out. Two years later, I did volume two of the Days of Our Lives Celebrity Cookbook. We sold out another 50,000 copies. That cookbook raised over a million dollars for diabetes research. Wow. And that card, Expect a Miracle, is framed on my office wall, again, to remind me that you never know what's going to happen what goodness, what opportunity may come into your life. You, and, and, you know, after a year of trying, I didn't have that money. And now the card didn't make the guy show up in Houston, right? Yes. I mean, he right. was going to show up anyway. He was one of the, the sponsors of the, of the tennis tournament, etc. But the card was more for me. Remember I talked about that Velcro? The yes. card was for me one of those meaningful coincidences because it said, you're not alone. Somebody knows, something somehow knows and sees what you need to believe. Because I really thought that I was all alone in my life, in essence. You know, at my most um, grief-stricken moments, I would say, I'm just all alone. Nobody in this, all alone. Well, of course, that harked back to my childhood. When I was all alone with my grief and my family going crazy around me and doors slamming and pots and pans going and, you know, or whatever it was. And it didn't happen all the time. Just that it happened at all was scary. Of course. It's very scary. Yes. So at some point you became, uh, you became willing to 
know that there were some people out there who could be of help to you and who could be kind to you. Yes, people and and a magnificent benevolence. Because you have to remember now, the this this these two cookbooks happened two years apart. One year later was when the letters from Shirley in Lincoln, Nebraska, what she called the letters from God, started to arrive. When I was not confiding, when I was not asking for help from anyone, when I was keeping everything in my heart, all of my doubts, all of my fears, and something in this world, in this universe, knew how I was feeling and sent me what I needed. And I think that is a possibility for any of us. We never know when it's going to happen. You may be struggling with something, and a song will come on the radio that will remind you of a certain time and a certain person, and you'll remember that you had good friends. Maybe right now you feel alone. Maybe you'll, a person will flash through your mind, and they'll call three days later. You know, you just never know. I believe we are connected to yes. what we need to know and what we need to grow. Well, I would say I would agree with you up to a point, but there seems to me there are quite a few people, I mean, a sizable proportion of people who uh, aren't connected and somehow put up barriers to be connected. Okay, but, but here's, may, may, I, um, may I approach your languaging? Um, sure, they are connected. They have not chosen to acknowledge it. I want my book to be that breakthrough for them. That they, because I didn't write this book for people to say, oh, well, you know, Gloria Loring, she's a star. Look how lucky she is. No, 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 no. I wrote this book about the principle that coincidence, the coinciding of meaningful events, exists because the magnificence that created us is working in the world on our behalf. And that's part of what you refer to as uh, God's way of remaining anonymous? Yes, and, you know, you don't, you know, uh, the subject of God, God is like gravity. You don't have to believe in it for it to work. Gravity Uh just works, you know? The goodness, um, somebody defined God as good, orderly direction. We are brought to the next thing we need to know or to grow. And it is our opportunity to participate in what it is telling us, to, to look at what we're attracting, to look at what we're running from. And the world and life will constantly be giving us feedback. And we can choose to pay attention or not pay attention. And yes. very often we know from the outset of something exactly whether that's going to be good for us or not. Um, we may be attracted to a certain man, and yet something in us goes, mm, I don't know, oh, but he's so nice. We talk ourselves out of it. And maybe it's because we're used to, like my niece, difficult relationships. Yes. And so we attract one more difficult person into our life. And, and we say, oh, well, he was he, and it's his fault. And, his... and it's only when we start to take responsibility for the manner in which we are participating in life, not blame, not shame, but the manner in which we are participating in our own lives, then we can change it. You can't clean up the dirt that you don't shine some light on so you can see it. Right. And the way I seem to look at it is some people uh, want to dismiss themselves, devalue themselves, and not... um, Go for the high road. Well, yes, possibly, of course. But yeah. you know what? Anybody could understand. This is why, I, again, I wrote this book in the way I did. I wanted it to be an intersection of scientific observation and spiritual understanding. And some of us, you know, I'm not uncomfortable. I used to be. Um, 
the word spirit or spiritual makes us kind of go, oh, please, let me back out of the room. But when you think of it this way, your spirit is your essential energy. Think of cheerleaders. What do they do? They try to rouse the school spirit. Yes. The energy of the school. So when we are depressed, it means our spirit, our essential energy, is being pressed down. Yes. Well, Most likely di- by a number of imbalances, too many negative thoughts, too many negative circumstances, too many negative physiologic things going on in our bodies. We know that exercise alone, physiologic, can change most depression as much as many of the, the pharmaceuticals can. So, yes. you know, there is there's so much opportunity for us to heal. What we need to do when we're ready is notice what we are attracting and notice what we're running from. And therein lie the clues to where we can bring our, how we can bring our life to the next level. I'll give you an example. Please I have two friends. This deals with breast cancer. One of them, very conscientious about her health, went and had her mammogram like a good girl, found out it was all clear, yay, went home, seemed like every time she turned on the television... Somebody was talking about breast cancer or breast cancer survivor or just had a mammogram or there's a walk. And every time she saw that, something in her went like a little in her gut. Yes. She finally paid attention to the clues, the coincidences that every time she turned on the television for several days. Pardon me. (coughs) She called her doctor back. She said, I know you said it was clean. But something in me is telling me this is not okay. I want another mammogram. Yes. They went back, and this is only weeks apart. Uh Uh-huh. Did another mammogram. He looked at that. He looked at the original one. He saw he had missed something. There was the beginning of breast cancer. The world was life, God, good good orderly direction, whatever you want to call it, was warning her. And her intuition, her gut feeling, the inner form of coincidence was warning her. Now, yes. other friend was brutally abused as a child. She doesn't dare pay any attention to her body because it is only a source of traumatic memory to her. She's never had any processing or healing for her yes. PTSD. Period of time, she's going. it seemed like every time she turned on the television, something about breast cancer, she couldn't get to the remote control fast enough to turn it off. I see. Well, we're coming up. Okay. I heard the music. We're coming up to our last break. Okay. I'll finish the story when we come back. Good. I'm eager to hear it. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health & Wellness. Legal Shield. Total Access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 
805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1 866 472 5792. That's toll free 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. I'm with my guest, Gloria Loring. We're talking about uh, her book, Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous. So, Gloria, before the uh, break, you were talking about two different women. One was a woman who uh, had a uh, mammogram. Her doctor said everything was fine. Her intuition said, no, I should have a second opinion or have the guy check it out. Again, mm-hmm. he, the doctor checked it out, and he said, you're right, you do have... Uh, the beginnings, and she had a lumpectomy, and she was fine. Yeah, and, and then you started talking about this. who didn't dare pay attention because her body from 10 years of brutal abuse as a child, yes. <clears throat> sexual abuse. Yeah, so oh. yeah, she had a shutdown. She doesn't ways. dare pay attention to her body yes. uh, or to any signs from that, but she she waited as long as she could, but every time she turned on the television... There was something about breast cancer, and she would turn it off as fast as possible, like she wanted to run from the room. Uh-huh. And finally, <clears throat> she said, okay, I, you know, the, the evidence overcame her reticence, and she went to the doctor, and sure enough, she had the beginnings of breast cancer, and she also had a lumpectomy and is still here with us, etc. One saw what she was attracting, and one saw what she was running from. And the Very one important. Who was, and the, that is and the, what coincidence and intuition will let us know about. Yes. So the second lady who was running away from herself and her body, at some point she did a 190, mm-hmm. 180 rather, and she uh, basically, I'll, in my paraphrasing it, I better check this out because it would be crazy not to. Yes. Yes, it finally became, and it became so distressing that every time she turned on the television, there was something about breast cancer. So, you see, we don't know why things happen. I mean, uh, lately, because I'm talking about this subject of coincidence and God and all of that, um, some people are saying to me, well, everything happens for a reason. And I, I do believe that somehow there's some intertwining, like some great tapestry, that, that we all serve some purpose in some way, and I don't understand how it works. I do believe that, but I lost my sister, my, my darling closest to me in the world other than my children's sister, Peggy, uh-huh. this last April. And she had a three-and-a-half-year journey with cancer. And um, at one point I was reading her some of the book because I was finishing the writing, and she said, well, wait a minute, you know, why are there bad coincidences? Why do things happen that are bad? And I said, we can't know that. We don't understand why things happen the way they do. But what we can do is try to step up and use them as well as possible. In other words, 
say, what is this asking of me? What is this challenge? It might be the loss of a child. I mean, something terrible. It might be a divorce. Um, it, it might be, uh, 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 you know, a loss of a home. I mean, the things that are going on with the weather and all of that. You know, people are going through some loss of a job, um, loss of sense of identity. And, and it can serve a purpose. We can find meaning in it. And, of course, meaning is the most important aspect of our lives because in meaning we find value. And we can find that meaning by saying, what is this asking of me? And for me, I'm at the stage now when something happens, I say, what is the hardest thing about this? Um, I had something recently where somebody did something, and to me it was just unconscionable and unforgivable, you know, according to those words. Yes. And I realized that it was asking me to forgive a betrayal for me, of a very personal, deep kind. And so I thought, wait, I have to figure out, is there ever a time in my life when I did something that was anywhere similar to this? When I was completely attuned to my own needs and not paying attention to anyone else's needs in the world, that my needs. And I thought, you know what, I can think of a couple things, and I'm sure there are many more because I was so needy as, as a younger person, yes. um, so much less um, expansive in my compassion, because I needed so much, you know? So anything can serve us. The hardest thing in the world, there are people who have lost children, and they are now, they've formed foundations, and they give scholarships, and they, I mean, the tenderest thing in the world is the loss of a child. Um, the tenderest wound of all is the loss of one's child. Uh, yes. but, but good can come from that. Uh, Christian mystic Pierre Tillard de Chardin says, not everything is immediately good, but everything is capable of becoming good. That, that includes after death or before death? <laughs> I, 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 don't, I haven't visited after death yet. I'll let you know when I get to the other side. Okay. <laughs> Everything is capable of becoming good. My sister took her three-and-a-half-year journey with cancer and turned it into a spiritual adventure. She delved into meditation, study, prayer. She hosted friends at her house. She had parties. She reformed connections from kindergarten that she had lost track of. She celebrated every day of life, every day she wasn't in pain or in difficulty. She constantly looked for the next best way to deal with her cancer. And when she finally left, she left behind a legacy of love and compassion and gentleness and light. And I don't care if you're 52 or 92, there can be no greater thing that we can leave in our wake than that kind of legacy. Yes. So... Um with your sister who, after she died, do you uh, stay in touch with her? I don't mean in a, <clears throat> Her I memory mean in is in my heart. I have yeah. a table set up in the back bedroom where she spent the last six weeks of her life. She was with me. Uh -huh. She was in that bedroom, and I have a table set up there with pictures of her and her family and all the condolence cards. And um, her, her love for me and the, the great coincidence that she would say, I need to come to your home and that I had my sister with me who, because of my family's breakup, she was only three, uh, no, she was um, six <clears throat> when I left the house and my family moved 
And so there were many years where I hardly had any contact with her. And those last six weeks were the most beautiful coinciding, uh, one of the best in my life. Because every day, for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I was there for her. I was able to attend when she had pain. I was able to laugh with her when we watched funny videos or, or talked about books or had dinner together. I cooked for her. There wasn't a day that went by when she didn't say, I love you so much. You're so important to me. And I could say the same with a complete free and open heart. Yeah, that's so beautiful. That was an amazing gift. Yeah, very, very much so. So uh, even though she's dead, she's still very much in your heart. Absolutely. You know, that's the thing about her essential energy, her spirit, her essential energy, that energy of fun and adventurousness and willingness. My book is dedicated to her. I say to my sister Peggy, who faced whatever life asked of her. Yes. And she did. And that's a great, great example. And so her example... Um, stays with me and reinforces my own understanding of the importance of that. Yes. So uh, we have about two minutes or so left. Uh, what would you like to uh, speak about that you haven't yet that would be meaningful for you? I would like to let people know that they are not alone in this world, even though sometimes we feel that way, <clears throat> that you are connected to what you need. Um Many times to what you want, but what you want may not always be good for you. <laughs> That's that for sure. You can start to pay more attention to the coincidings of meaningful events, both internal, intuition, and the physical circumstances around you, and see what clues they're giving you about the journey your life is on, the road you are on. Is it the road you want to be on? And <clears throat> if a certain amount of time goes by and you've let a lot of painful things happen, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You'll get there when you get there. You'll decide to heal when you decide to heal. It's all just part of the process. No shame, no blame. Okay? Just try to become more conscious and see if there's anything you would like to be better in your life because you're the one who can fix it. And uh, I would imagine that people have different levels of ability to... uh get healthier, to fix things. But as long as they try, then at least they have a chance. Well, it's a step-by-step process. I mean, my own process of healing took many, many years, and I recount all the ups and downs and ins and outs and the humorous moments in my book. But most of all, in my book, I recount the journey so I can share the wisdom that I gleaned along the way. Well, I want to thank you very much for being on my show today. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope people will uh, listen to the show after the fact, if they're not watching, if not listening to it now. And uh, I wish you well, and perhaps we'll have another time to uh, make contact. Thank you so much. I just want to let everybody know my book, Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous, is available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. If your local bookstore doesn't have it, they can order it. I'm published by HCI, the same publishers of the original Chicken Soup for the Soul series. It's the kind of helpful book you're going to want to have around. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again for listening today. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have fun experiencing your human behavior. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.